This is Mac Geek Ab, episode 919 for Monday, March 14th, 2022. Greetings, folks, and welcome to Mac Geek. Gab here at MacGeekGab.com. Yes, we have rolled out our own site, so we are moving forward with that, too. It's very exciting. We are the show where you send in your tips, your questions, your cool stuff found. We share all of it. We try to answer your questions. We learn from your tips. We get excited about the cool stuff found that you send in. The goal being that each and every one of us, me and John and Pete and you, we each Get to learn at least five new things every single time we get together. Sponsors for this episode include kanji.io slash MGG. They want to hear from you about how you're going to use their MDM product for your business. Helixsleep.com slash MGG, where you can save up to $200 off your mattress and get two free pillows. Newrelic.com slash MGG, where you get 100 gigs of data free with this service forever. No credit card required. And of course, BB Edit from Barebones Software at barebones.com. We will talk more in depth about each of those a little bit later here in the episode. For now, here at the moment in Durham, New Hampshire, I'm Dave Hamilton. And here in Fairfield, Connecticut, this is John F. Brown. And here in Durham, New Hampshire, is Pilot Pete. Thanks for having me, guys. It's good to have you here in Durham, it's sitting nice right next head. to me. It's yeah? nice being head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. It's been uh, it's been a little while since you've been here. You've yeah. been remote, yeah, but I I don't know why. It, like up until I was going to say up until COVID, but it really wasn't. It was up until like, after COVID. Yeah, two we figured out two months ago yeah. that it was like you know Pete can join remotely. John and I've been doing this. It's rare for me and John to be in the same room. Uh, I think it's happened maybe yep. a handful of times over the you know 17 years we've been doing this. And every time that you'd heard Pete here in the past, he was in the studio with me or somewhere with us in person. It's like, why don't we just get you a microphone and there and you go. You're good to go. And so it's been wonderful having you. It's, I, it's, it's been a blast. Yeah. And it looks no. like uh, I may need to be remote next time, either from Dubai or Paris. I can't well, so. Much, so. So interestingly enough, next time, and John, I've been meaning to have this conversation with you, but oh, sorry, John. Uh, Nola, have all of our our listeners uh, inform everyone as well. I am I am taking advantage of what I'm calling the honeymoon period between the marriage of my uh, boosted uh, immunity status and have my natural immunity from having had COVID six weeks ago or so, and I am making a uh, what for me is a long trip here. I'm heading on. Uh, on Tuesday, I think, uh, down to Austin for South by Southwest. And then straight from there, I will be heading to L.A. Uh, for podcast movement evolutions. So because uh, I figure there's no point in going halfway across the country to come back halfway across the country to then go all the way across the country. That seems like craziness and a lot of wasted time for me. Yeah, yeah. That's what I do for a living. Hey, <laughs> I know, but you get paid to oh, travel. True. You get paid while the flying is happening. For me, yeah. that's when I don't get anything right. done. There right. you go. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so I am, uh, I am going to be on the road. Normally, we really try and record mgg before i travel and maybe john and i'll talk about recording something you know before i go but i'm leaving tuesday we're recording this friday so 
I don't know that it makes sense. I think the best thing to do is to just do one in the middle somewhere. So we will have to coordinate schedules because I'm not entirely sure when we're going to be recording MGG 920. But I'm going to figure it out. We'll figure it out together. So um, you can always sign up at MacGeekUp.com slash calendar. And then you see what we see for the um, for the, you know, for the, the schedule of when we're doing the show. Quick tips is where we're at today, though, or at least where we're starting. Will Straffich at Chronic on Twitter, a known, well-known uh, jailbreaker and, and programmer extraordinaire, comes up with a great little quick tip that's good for all of us. He says, uh, if you put Safari in reader mode and then share the web page via email, the message that you create will also include the page's content in addition to the URL. Normally, when you share it via email, you just send the URL. But if you're in reader mode, it puts the content in from reader mode as well. I love it. That is good. Right? I, like, I, there there have been times where I've wanted to share the content or I've copied a piece of it and put, you know, it's like, from this URL, here's what I got. You know, that kind of thing. So, reader mode. Interesting. Interesting, interesting. You know what? I'm going uh, to jump down... Guys, uh, I didn't really think about the fact that these two things were related, but listener David has what I will call our first, or at least the first thing that we have we have officially dubbed strange things found with related related to reader mode. He says, uh, when I go to articles on the popularwoodworking.com site and then enter Safari's reader mode, music plays. It's usually some sprightly jazz piano. Sometimes when I do this, Safari starts to act wonky, so I try to avoid it. But I'm in the habit of printing from reader view, smart, and my automatic muscle memory enters reader view before the deep memory neurons have time to fire off my warning. It's more amusing than anything. The pages can be printed with the normal print dialogue. Indeed, they have their own print page symbol on the page, so they are not trying to discourage printing. Do you have any idea what's going on? So... I went and visited this page and it like it happens. Sure enough. In fact, I'll I'll put the uh, I'll put the page in the show notes. I'll link it so that you all can experience this, too. It's fascinating. And what's what as soon as you enter reader mode, boom, there you are. You have, um, you know, there's music playing the, the weirdest part. You know, how in Safari, when a tab is generating audio, you get the little speaker icon. Right. Mm-hmm. You don't get that with this. Oh, so you can't find it if you don't know where it's. If you don't know where it's coming now, presumably you know because you put it into reader mode and immediately music happened. And I wonder if their intention for this certainly it could be accidental, but it it doesn't appear like it is right. So I'm wondering if their intention for this is to discourage reader mode uh, because that high that obscures all of the display ads that appear on a web page, right? Now. If that's their intention, and again, that's just my assumption. I didn't reach out to them. I don't really care. Although, you know, at this point, I'm pretty invested. But if that's their intention, why wouldn't they do, like, why wouldn't they sell podcast-style audio ad reads in there? And as soon as you switch to reader mode, it's like, hey, we'd like to tell you about our sponsor, BB Edit, right? Like, why not? Exactly. <laughs> like, that's what I would do <laughs> if, if that was the intention. I don't know that I would actually do that. User experience is something I always like to listener, customer, uh, uh, audience experience. Let's put it that way. Something I always like to preserve. I, I wonder if the intent may be to prevent you having the computer read 
the print on the page because there's times when I will oh I will have it have the computer read something to me read an article to me but wouldn't that work uh, without putting it into reader mode it does but then you get all the ads and the links read out length by length you know yes of course article. you do of course so, you do so I'm wondering if that may be it and then the other question I have is totally Why? off the wall is does it print out the sheet music too when you're at the end of the <laughs> <laughs> Pilot Pete, ladies and gentlemen. Pilot Pete. He's here all That's week. The way my sad brain thinks. <laughs> I like that. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Can I get the uh can I get the chart for this? Yeah. That'd be great. Strange things found. So oh, yep, there, there you go. go. A new segment here on Mac Geek. Uh, you heard it first. Ah, John, you got a quick tip from from John, it turns out. Yes. Um <clears throat> so John says. There are a few things in iOS that are a constant irritation for me, and I finally found the solution for the first one. It's very common for me when typing on the iPhone keyboard to select the dictation microphone instead of return by mistake. Um, today, I discovered that if you hold the microphone symbol and also tap on dictation settings, you can turn off dictation so the microphone symbol disappears. Perfect for me. I regularly use Siri, but never dictation. Uh, so that's cool. Um, the other annoyance is in iOS mail, the unsubscribe option is right next to the uh, less than symbol to go back out of an email. It's so common for me to accidentally select unsubscribe. Not sure of a solution to that. I put it down to poor or and cramped interface design. Um, and he's right. Um, you know, I checked this out. Uh, where it brings you, so if you hold down on the mic, where uh, so back to the first down one. on it, back to the tip. Yep. Where it brings you is you can also get there by going to settings, general keyboard, and then you can disable dictation. So that's another way to do this. I like it. Um, okay. But I've run into this, the same problem uh, with unsubscribe, and I don't know if there's a solution for that. Yeah, yeah, I have tapped that unintentionally at times too, uh, and and I, yeah, I'm with you. I don't think there, I don't think there's an answer to this. Um, yeah, unfortunately, but yeah, but so so a, a, a quick tip and a quick rant, I guess, is what what we get mm -hmm. out of that. Yeah, yeah, I I like the this ability to disable the uh, the microphone icon there because I've I've tapped it unintentionally more than a few times, so. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's pretty good. Good, good. Uh, Peter brings us to an, a, a quick tip that solves a problem that I hadn't. It's interesting. Anyway, he says, uh, I'll let him explain. <laughs> Every six months or so, I have called Apple and said my magic mouse no longer works properly, as in the cursor stops tracking with the movement of the mouse or on any surface. Okay. He says, I've had this experience for several years. It just happened again on my second replacement mouse that came with my new iMac. Uh, he says, Apple never says no to their credit. And they have always sent me a new mouse uh, and I send the bad one back. So just now it started failing on this third mouse and I was about to order another one. But I thought, what the heck? Let me Google and see if other people have had this same problem. And he says, I found an article that talks about uh, holding the shift down option on the Bluetooth menu, right? So shift click the Bluetooth menu in the menu bar, go to debug and choose remove all devices, do it again, and, and then reset the Bluetooth module and then repair the bad mouse, not repair the mouse, but re Bluetooth pair the bad mouse. And it works totally 
fine. So shift click, uh, shift and option, it says on the Bluetooth menu. So I'm, I'm looking at the website that he sent us about this. So it's not just shift. It's sh- and uh, he said shift option. I, I missed it when I read it. Uh, but he says, yeah, shift option on the Bluetooth menu, then choose debug, remove all devices, then uh, shift option again and choose reset the Bluetooth module and then go and pair your mouse again with uh, with your Mac. And he said that solved the problem. So that's really interesting. Uh, I never heard about I mean, we knew about the reset the Bluetooth module. That's come up a few times over the years, but I never knew about that. That's like I, I never heard it solving I'm that problem. Not, I'm not seeing that on this machine. All right. Well, let's take a look. I don't have my Bluetooth menu. Oh, I do have the Bluetooth menu in the menu bar. So if I go to the menu bar and I shift option, uh, you are right. This doesn't appear to be a they change the Bluetooth menu in the latest OS. I yeah. Yeah, that doesn't appear to be there. So you have to do the, how do we, there was a, we found a way to reset Bluetooth in, in, um, in the, the latest Monterey. All right, let's, let's, uh, let's see if we can take a look here. Reset Bluetooth Monterey, because I'm pretty sure there's a command line way of doing this. Mac reports. Written by our friend Sir Hot Kurt uh, says with uh, Big Sir and earlier you hold down shift and option you uh, with Monterey you so for this it's just sudo p kill Bluetooth D is the command and uh, and that does it but then there is also and my guess is for Peter's problem. One would have to do both of these things. So killing Bluetooth D just kills the the process, but doesn't kill the, um, the you know it doesn't reset any preferences. It just just restarts it. Uh, the The second thing that you have to do is delete slash library slash preferences slash com dot apple slash blue or dot Bluetooth dot plist, and we'll put a link to Sirhat's article here in the show notes because that's how you're going to do it on Monterey. Interesting. Interesting. But, but I bet that works. I bet that solves it. Yeah. Yeah. Killing the other list. I wonder what the underlying reason is, though. I mean, because I know people go years with never. A, I know. That's the thing, right? Is like, what's the what's some, something in there is corrupting that file. Correct. Over and over for him. For him. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What setting is he is he changing that corrupts that file? Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. All right. So what we love about these things, we learn. Speaking of uh, of resetting systems, we have a note from Rand where he says, I have an Epson LabelWorks label printer. It takes 30-foot cartridges of plastic labels that print sharp letters and don't fade or smudge. It's small and can use Bluetooth or USB. Uh, its half-inch label size is great for computer equipment, and it's Epson. I live by it. Recently, out of the blue, it stopped working with the software saying the printer was not connected. Weirdly, it worked on an old Mavericks machine, but stopped, uh, but pooped out while on Mojave, he says. Reinstalling the proper driver did nothing. I stumbled on a reference to a procedure for wiping the Apple print system. Some of you may know where we're going with this. He says you go open up system preferences, go into printers, 
control click the printer panel in the printers and scanners pane there. The printers uh, will go away, but you get a reset the Apple print system option to click instead. After doing so and then restarting my Mac and then reinstalling the printer software, it now works again like a charm. This is the same trick helped me with a bulky brother printer on my wife's new M1 iMac. So there you go. Yeah. Reset that printing system. It's a it's a hand. I think that's one of the first quick tips we talked about, probably even before we call them quick tips, John, uh, years and years ago. And if you want, we have a new uh, we have a new URL formula for Mac Geek Cab that makes life super easy and works for historical data. It's MacGeekab.com slash episode slash episode number. So if you want to listen to this episode, it'd be MacGeekab.com slash episode slash 919. If you want to listen to the first episode, and I advise you to do so at your own peril, MacGeekab.com slash episode slash one. We'll get you there. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's there What's for the world to hear. Like? Yeah. Yep. Anyway, there we are. Uh, anything on that, John? All right. The uh, we've been talking a lot about um, Mac OS shortcuts, which obviously Monterey brings to us. I noticed something. Uh, if I went into shortcuts in in Mac OS Monterey and I go to the preferences, there is an advanced section in preferences. And in there, you can turn on allow running scripts, which is not on by default. And when enabled, the actions run AppleScript, run ShellScript, run JavaScript for Mac automation, run JavaScript on the web page, and run script over SSH can all be run as part of shortcuts on your Mac, which opens things up quite a bit because being able to have a shortcut trigger even an AppleScript is fantastic because that way you can do it with Siri, you can do it from the menu, or you know any of the other things that can trigger shortcuts. So I had no idea yeah. that this was a thing. And I just stumbled onto it the other day and it was like, well, I know what the first thing I'm doing is I'm putting it on the agenda as a quick there tip. You go. Yeah. Yeah. You can also do it in an automator. R correct. Correct. But automator is not shortcuts. Understood. Right. Shortcuts comes from iOS and, and appears to be sort of the future of, of where these things are going. Not that automator uh, is going away. Not that Apple script is going away, but I think shortcuts is a whole lot more uh more certainly more user friendly than either of those options <clears throat> so being able to run your little terminal command inside of a shortcut or have someone who knows or is more comfortable with the terminal create you a shortcut and then you boom you've got a shortcut to use it's pretty good i like it is good you want to take us to paul mr braun Sure. Um, maybe this is another strange thing found. I don't know. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, Mac OS has a neat feature that I found. It allows you to create a symbolic link on the root file system. You need to create an etc slash synthetic.conf file with the following line. Uh, directory and root and directory to map to. For example, to map home to users, just add the line home space users. Uh, after you edit the file, you need to reboot to have it take effect. For more information, type the following in the terminal. Man, we'll put space, this synthetic dot conf. We'll put this in the uh, in mm -hmm. the show notes. I, I'd never heard of the synthetic dot conf file. 
It's interesting. Um, my question, though, okay, so so what he says is true, but why would you want to do this? Yeah, I I feel the same way. <laughs> like I'm looking um, at the man page for synthetic.conf, mm. and it says it describes virtual symbolic links and empty directories to be created at the root mount point. Oh, this is is this sort of the the path into what Apple's using to merge the our two volumes together, the system volume and the data volume, and then we can just mm-hmm. tap into it for other things? Um, right? That's like, kind of what the man page says, or I thought it did. Yeah, but there's no, like, there there is no Etsy synthetic.conf on my, on my Mac here. So, like, it's, it's, Apple's not relying on this, which is good because they shouldn't be relying on something that's user editable to merge these volumes together. But I, I wonder if it's the go wrong. Well, yeah, I wonder if it's the same, you know, same construct just being exposed to users. So interesting, interesting, interesting. Uh, all right. Well, we have, you know, we have a lot more quick tips. We're going to save those for the next episode or maybe later this episode. We've got, we've got some cool stuff found we want to get to. We have your questions that we want to get to. And John, if it's, uh, if it all works for you, the next thing that I'd like to get to is our first couple of sponsors. Will do. All right. Hey, you know how it goes. If you're a software engineer, you've been there. It's 9 p.m. You're finally detaching or so you thought from work and then comes in the alert your watch your phone whatever buzzes something's broken and before you can even dig in you're starting to solve the problem too soon right you 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 see the alert limited information and you're already trying to solve the problem you're heading down potentially even the wrong path I, i do it all the time right or i have done it all the time well that won't happen if you get New Relic. We've used New Relic here. It's it's amazing. New Relic combines 16 different monitoring products that you'd normally buy separately so that you and your engineering teams can see across your entire software stack in one place. And more importantly, this, is, <laughs> this blew me away the first time I saw it. You can pinpoint issues down to the line of code. Yeah. So you know exactly why the problem happened and you can resolve it quickly. You don't have to guess. And that's why the dev and ops teams at DoorDash and GitHub and Epic Games and even us here at Mac Geek, Kevin Backbeat Media and more than 14,000 other companies use New Relic to debug and improve their software. That next 9 p.m. call is just waiting to happen. Get New Relic before it does, and you can get access to the whole New Relic platform and 100 gigs of data free forever. No credit card required. Sign up at newrelic.com slash MGG. That's N-E-W-R-E-L-I-C dot com slash MGG. Newrelic.com slash MGG. Our thanks to New Relic for sponsoring this episode. Next up is BB Edit. I love BB Edit. I use it all the time. I, you know, Adam and I were migrating the Mac Keycap site over the other night. I needed to make some changes live on the server. I know I'm not supposed to do that. I get yelled at, but the nice part is, A, I can just load the file over FTP right there inside BBEdit. It's just like it's a local file, except when I hit Command-S, it saves it to the server. FTP upload. Brilliant. Works. 
I can also undo and save it again if I screw things up, because sometimes when you're working on a live thing, I know you're not supposed to do it, but BBN, it makes it so easy for me. And then it's got backups and all that other stuff, too. And it can also work with our version control system, which is really the way we do things most of the time. You know, there's those moments where you just got to I want to touch that file over there right now. I need to see the change live on the server. And then you can actually, uh, you know, update that to your version control. It's it works so well, and it, it it doesn't just have to be used for, you know, the geeky programming stuff. I use it all the time to compare two documents. I use it to count the words in a document. I use it to from the terminal instead of, you know, VI, Emacs, the Holy War. The answer is bbedit, folks. It always has been. You just install their command line tools. You type bbedit and the file name from the command line from the terminal there. Boom. It opens up in bbedit. Now you get to actually, you know, use your, your keyboard and mouse the way the way they were intended. You don't have to, you know, be like an animal. bbedit saves us from being like animals. Don't you want to be saved from being... Like having to live like an animal, right? That's why you're going to go to barebones.com. You get to download a 30 day fully functioning trial of the app. And then after that, uh, yeah, I either pay for it, which I highly recommend, or it runs in free mode, which takes some of the features away. But quite frankly, a lot of them remain. So go check it out. See what features you need. See whether it makes sense to use the free version or the paid version. And uh, barebones.com, or thanks to BB Edit for sponsoring this episode. All right. Uh, I have a uh, I have a cool stuff found. You know, I'm I'm traveling. I'm I'm doing this trip and I know that I'm going to be on the road for like 11 days and I'm definitely going to be working during this trip. So I uh, and and podcasting, too, but also just regular work. And a, my laptop is great. I love my 13 inch air. It's fantastic. I often will use my iPad in sidecar mode to give me a little more screen real estate while I'm traveling. But as I travel with an iPad mini, it doesn't add that much screen real estate. So a little show and tell for those of you watching the video, but I will explain what I am showing here. The Think Vision from Lenovo, the M14 portable monitor. It's this super thin and bus powered 14 inch display connects via USB-C to your Mac. Pete, you might like something like this on the road. Uh, It, you know, it, it comes in a little like travel case that's super thin and padded. uh, But uh, it's got a little, you know, kickstand on it that you can, you can adjust it. uh, You plug in USB-C, it connects to the Mac. It's 1920 by 1080 resolution. So you get a, a really nice, you know, I mean, it's it's not a retina screen, nor would I expect it to be for right. 249 bucks. Wow. Right. But yeah. bus powered, uh, it's, you know, it's a pretty good little thing there. So and it weighs maybe a pound. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. I'm really stoked to be able to, to kind of play with this while we. Speakers uh, in it. Yeah. Um, I don't those, think, or are those just vents? I think those are vents okay. that, yeah, I, I don't believe I wasn't able, it did not advertise uh, speakers on my Mac and no, in fact, the website says no speakers. Okay, so there we go. So see if it'll focus. Yeah. Here's the other cool thing. You mentioned the kickstand, but you didn't talk about how it's infinite angles, in, infinite angles. Yeah, that's true. So it's perfect. Yeah. Um, let's see if I can get the, there we go. It's a great little, it's a great little thing. I've been messing with it. I love that it's bus powered. If you go to the spec sheet about this, you will find that for Windows and Android devices, so this will plug into my iOS devices, USB-C, you know, on my iPad, certainly, yeah. uh, no problem. Um, like, yeah, I guess I should say it'll plug into my iPad OS devices. So power, I don't know what that middle one is, and then USB-C. The middle one is a lock. 
Oh, it, okay. There's a little oh, yeah, there's a little yeah, notch yeah, there to lock the yeah, cable okay. to it. Yep. Yeah. The um, brightness and what yeah. a sweet piece of gear. It is a touch screen. Thanks, Dave. Yeah, sure. You're welcome, Pete. <laughs> Actually, I have to send it back to Lenovo after my trip, but you know that's okay. Uh, FedEx lost it in shipping. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is a touch screen for Android and Windows devices. There are no touch screen drivers for the Mac. So while you can adjust the brightness and contrast. Using the touch panel on this, you cannot use your Mac as a touch screen on this. So just know that going in. But um, but I love this idea of a travel screen. I don't know if I'm supposed to put this in a checked bag or not, but I'm definitely just going to put it in my checked bag. I have no interest in putting it in my laptop case and, you know, away I go. So pretty stoked about that. There's no battery in it. That's awesome. Right. But it is yeah. bus powered right. and it, it will pass bus power back through uh to your Mac. So okay. I could plug power into it and then just get back to my, my hotel or whatever, my Airbnb, plug in the, the cable and boom, now my Mac's charging. So it'll go either power will flow either direction, which is cool. Very cool. I know. Yeah. I'm pretty stoked about this. So any thoughts on that, Mr. Braun? Neat. Neat. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've, I've, I've messed ViewSonic has one too, that I've, that I've messed with before. I think there's is a, a slightly bigger 15 inch. I, I'm, it might be, I think so. And, and, uh, it, you know, it, it works. I think ViewSonics needs power was the, the difference on that. But, um, but just being able to have something that, you know, it, my, my son, uh, uses the ViewSonic one that I have in his dorm room, which is another place where, you know, space is. Uh, of the essence he doesn't always need the extra screen but when he wants it he can just pull it out and put it up um so yeah cool stuff that's why i said it cool stuff now you want to take us to joe mr braun yeah okay uh let's see joe of course there's also sidecar right well that's what i said yeah I'll, I'll, I'll use sidecar um, but, you know, but, but with an iPad mini, it doesn't give me a whole lot of space, mm. you know? So I, I'm, I want more. I'm picky, uh, you know, that's how I am. Yeah. And it's annoying that they moved sidecar from being an, uh, standalone item to something buried deep in displays. That just oh, kind of annoyed me. That kind of makes sense for me. I, I, I. I mean, I think I always did it. No, I guess I didn't always do it in displays. I, I guess it was a separate thing, but it, I don't know. To me, it makes sense for displays. Displays is where I go if I plug in HDMI. It's, you know, I mean, it's right. I don't know, it just seems like, yeah. But yeah, yeah, it is moved for those of you that 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 are looking for it. It's just in displays. Yeah. Want to take us to Joe? All right. So Joe says, listening to the February 14th episode a little late. Um, the issue of keeping Mac windows in place upon restarts and such, do you, um, you recommended using the application stay for being able to fix windows based on monitor arrangement. I had a similar problem in the past and found an application called Moom. It has similar capabilities, but in addition, it also has the ability to have a window automatically, uh, use the left half or the right half of the window or the upper half or the bottom half, pretty much any configuration you want to predefine a window being able to take. In addition, you can have multiple configuration layouts that you can predefine and then call them up with a key combination or select it from the menu bar at the top. Anyways, not having used stay, not having used stay, it seems like 
from the description in the show that Moom might be more feature-filled and only costs 10 bucks instead of 15 bucks for stay. So, it's I, nice having options. Yeah. I, less expensive options. I messed with Moom. Moom is um, from Rob Griffiths and company. Rob was behind uh, the site Mac OS 10 Hints years ago that was uh, eventually acquired by Mac Publishing and Macworld. But uh, my Moom is you have predefined spots as, as you just mentioned, where you can put things stay lets me put the window where I want it and then tell stay to remember to restore the window to this place. And so for me here, I quadrants isn't enough for me. I, I need something more granular. And I, I, at least the the last time I checked out Moom, it did not do that. It, it was just, you had to use Moom's placement for things, not your own placement for things. Which again, as Joe said, works well for him. And that's like, we've talked about Moom on the show before. I think it's great. So, yeah, I could be wrong if I'm wrong. Well, Rob will let me know because he'll hear the episode and, and then he'll be like, Dave, no, you can do it this way. You should try Moom again. And then I'll probably try Moom again. So, there you go. Uh, you got another one for us, John? Uh, yeah, from, uh, whoops. Okay. Um, you went you went quiet way. there for a second. Yeah. Well, it's because uh, the fire department is, is playing. Aha. <laughs> Aha. Fun. So I mute that. Got it. Unless you want to hear the sirens. I don't know. What was weird was we heard you. You were quiet, but but not silent. That's mm. interesting. Yeah. My mute button. Yeah. Try again. Let's, let's, I mean, let's experiment now. Okay. Yeah. Now we can't hear you at all. I can see that you're talking. So. All right. Okay. So it must have just been half muted. Wow. Oh. All right. All right. Anyway. Uh, but anyways, uh, so Steve has a good one for us. Um, hidden files like .ds underscore store can sometimes wreak havoc with non-Mac applications. Um, and for those that don't know, this is a file that Mac OS creates. The dot means that it's invisible, so you normally can't see it. But I think it's to store the arrangement of things on the desktop, Dave? Yeah, I think that's correct. Yes. Yes. Let's go with that. Sure. Yeah. But, yeah. um, but he says an example is using a retro game emulation app, uh, coin ops 10 okay. for my legends. Ultimate arcade can index these files thinking they are games and they mess up menus and launching of games. Uh. These files are also a nuisance to users of other operating systems and will clutter up any external USB drive or network attack volume or folder. An app called Blue Harvest, um, which you can go to their site or the Mac App Store, will watch for any external non-Mac formatted drives and quietly delete these hidden files as they are written. You can configure which file types to delete. It can also clean the files on demand when you plug in a drive. For Synology users, it can also delete the Synology hidden file at sign E-A-D-I-R. Yeah. I didn't know about that. Yeah, that's a thing that appears on Synology volumes for sure. Yeah, interesting. Okay. Huh. Uh, it can also clear these files off of network folders. Um, so that's cool. Thank you. And then he also points out uh, a bonus um, item here. Paragon makes apps which allow you to read and write NTFS drives and EXT4, which is typically a Linux uh, drives on the Mac. Yeah, I don't think we've talked about them in a while. Yeah. 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 
Good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I think normally, uh, I think normally Mac OS will only let you read NTFS, right? I believe that's still the case. It's read. It's mounted read only. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Cool. Fun and for EXTFS. I think uh, I I still use this. I haven't used it recently, but um, I think Fuse is another um thing that'll let you look at different. Uh, is Mac Fuse even still a thing? Yeah. Uh, I have it on one of my machines. What the heck yeah. is that noise? Sounds like water. There is a um. Yeah, there's a there's a big fan. Keep yeah, keep talking. I'm gonna I'm gonna turn that thing off. <laughs> keep talking though. Keep talking, John. Yep. People. Are oh, listening. okay. People are listening. I'm gonna keep talking. Thank you, sir. Water. It's not I don't know. It's fine. No, it's just a fan. <sighs> Back. Back to the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When someone's doing this, vamp, stretch for time. Yes, please do that. Yeah, I have a um, I have a sensible air filter. I could have done it from my phone, but it was faster to just walk over and, and hit the button. I have a sensible air filter in the studio, and it occasionally will notice that the air quality is such that it needs to process more wasn't quickly. Wasn't me. Right. <laughs> it wasn't Pete. That's right. But it does happen Like when when there's you know multiple humans in here that the air gets a little more humid and so it it does its processing and the i like that sensible thing if i if i wasn't in the middle of the show i definitely well, i would have just let it do its thing yeah. uh and really it's not usually an issue because i don't have a microphone aimed that direction but with pete here today i do picked it right up it picked it right up but um it's a great little air filter and it's super it's ios um and an inadvertent cool stuff man. yeah exactly yeah it's got an <laughs> ios app um you know that uh, that you can control it with and all that stuff so really what i need to do is put a, a schedule in there that says just like turn it off while i'm doing the show or something um but uh but yeah i'll put it up it's the sense of a pure i, I am 90 percent sure that that's what uh that's what it is so fun makes it uh it's good stuff yeah I like having it up here. It, we, it, was, it was something I was happy to put up here when we first started rehearsing uh, at, you know, as COVID was it really, I mean, it was long before vaccinations were a thing, but three of us and one of the bands I'm in were able to get tested at UNH where, uh, because I was a professor there last year and they are professors there still. Uh, I guess I'm on sabbatical. Anyway, uh, does that count after teaching just one class once? <laughs> uh, permanent sabbatical? I, no, not permanent. I'm, I'm, I may come back okay. to to it. Yeah, it. I I did not enjoy teaching it during times of COVID yeah. for a variety of reasons. I, I mean, it was just it was it was tough. I mean, doing a podcasting class while everybody either had to wear masks or or be distant. I don't know. It just it wasn't it wasn't my thing. Uh, but I, I'm I'm eager to try it in more normal times. But that being said, UNH had this uh, has this PCR lab where literally you get results within like hours. It's almost rapid PCR. It's amazing what they set up there uh, for all their students and professors. And so we were able to all go get tested, you know, not leave our homes and then come here and jam, which was amazing to be yeah. able to like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, having the air filter made me happier so anyway plus also yeah. i just have smelly musicians in the room all the time and so let's be honest it's it it makes a huge difference you know what it makes a difference with is if somebody leaves 
an empty beer can up here because that's stuff over, you know, this studio doesn't have a lot of ventilation because it's super soundproofed Yeesh. and it stinks the next day. Like awful. Yeah. Yeah. So always try to and speaking that. of tests, Dave, yes. did you know that you can order more free kits? I, I noticed that you can order more antigen tests. Yeah. They doubled up. They let Holmes order now two, two batches of four. Amazing. Yeah. Actually, mine is coming today because nice. I get texts from USPS. Sure. So that's a COVID tests.gov folks to yep. get your free kit. There you go. And then of course, it, assuming if I don't want to assume if you have health coverage here in the U S uh, you can buy COVID tests at the, you know, wherever Rite Aid, Amazon, whatever you like. And mm -hmm. your health insurance provider uh, will almost certainly, because I think it's mandated, re uh, reimburse you for eight tests per month per person. I think that's still the, the number. Check with your provider, Ben. Mm -hmm. Pretty sure that's how it goes. So. Yep. And I got my masks, too. Nice. Excellent. That's great. So my local uh, local pharmacy. Um, yeah, all of a sudden they announced on the PA, they're like, hey, come and get your free uh, N95 masks. Oh, there you go. Cool. So that's nice. Yeah. I found when I was teaching that class, because I, I had to figure out how to be like in front of a group of people and talking for 90 minutes with a mask on, because that was, the, you know, the policy uh, in the classroom. And N95 masks, I found I was sucking in, like talking with them on. I, I wound up basically chewing on the mask. Mm -hmm. Certainly cloth masks were worthless for it for a variety of reasons. Um, but I did find those KF94, the Korean you know, version of the, the, you know, KN95 or the N95, the, the KF94, it's a, it, it, the, the design of them has a piece that just keeps it off of your face. And I found that super. So that's, that's just what I standardized on. I've got a million of them everywhere. And they're, you know, they're, they're, like the KN95s, they're disposable. So I would, you know, use it and throw it away and uh, started having a new one for each class. And it was great. So, uh, Speaking of problems we have encountered here a few weeks ago, you might remember that I had an issue where I was cold, John and Pete, because I had no heat here. And it was because I'd run out of propane, both at the house and the office, which was this odd coincidence. Well, uh, John, you mentioned during the show that I could get a monitor uh, that connected to, you know, cellular and um, would would then allow me on my phone to uh, see and get notifications about the status of our tanks. The good news is one of our propane companies told me that they were going to put one on our tanks. They also were the one we had. We have 200 gallons worth of we have 200 gallon tanks at the house and 100 gallon tank here at the office. Or maybe it's 200 gallon tanks. I don't know. Whatever it is. We have double the size tanks at the house that we have at the office. Uh, DF Richard is the company we have at the house. Uh, Irving is the company we have here at the office for anybody that's local. For those of you, it doesn't matter to fill. So we had to fill up the tanks, the tanks at the house, all the tanks on the same day. So prices are the same. All else is equal Two different propane companies. The double set of tanks at the house cost me 30% more than the single tank here at the office. It also turns out that the company that filled my tanks at the house, DF Richard, were the ones that were going to put a free monitor on my tank. I will let you guess what happened next. We now have 
that company serving both the house and the office. And they put these Nevo monitors on uh, NEE VO, though really I think it's, you know, whatever your, if your propane provider will, will do it. But it's a simple little app. Obviously, they get to see the results of of the readings, which is the most important thing. So they know when to come. But I can set uh, alerts for two different levels of the tank. So I have it set to alert me at 30 percent and at 20 percent. And since we've had the monitors on there, I see it get to 30 percent. And then uh, often the same day, I get another alert, which is the third alert you can set. And that is when your tank has been filled and uh and there are no more problems. They don't have to worry about predictive engines to know when to come and fill us up. They know exactly where we are. They can they can use that to schedule their trucks and they're good to go. <laughs> so uh, very handy little thing. And, yeah, it connects to whatever the, you know, some version of the cellular network. I don't know what it is, but it it, yeah. it took the guy all of about eight seconds to put this monitor on the tank. Nice. Yeah, I don't know. It taps into the 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 mechanical gauge on the top of the tank i don't know how i didn't see him do it because it happened so quickly we were just having a conversation and he walked away from the tank i'm like you're done he's like yeah it just it just snaps right on there i'm like oh okay cool great so i think you can as you pointed out john i think you can get these things on your own if you want but check with your propane company because they might do it for you so yeah i'm surprised you don't have a direct to the house option we don't have propane in the neighborhood I would say most yeah. of the world doesn't have propane to the neighborhood. <laughs> do you don't have propane to your neighborhood, right, Pete? We do not. Yeah. No. And oh. uh, and then when our heater broke for the pool, oh. the tank sat there for two years. I finally said, "Get it out of here." Yeah, just no take more the propane. Tank. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we don't. Yeah. We don't have the, the only thing we have Usual. is electric, and mm-hmm. and then well, uh, either cable, phone, or and or fiber so we have wires to the house right, but we don't have right. pipes to the house yeah hmm. i mean we're in like yeah. two acre zoning here i don't think it w- would make yeah. sense to pump water I mean, we have a well for water and we have you know prop- i mean it's yeah. been like that in every house i've owned that we've we've had electric and and you know we've had the wires but but we, we've always had a well yeah and always had yeah. had um you know whatever I, like our house in in austin or in buda but he, well, in in Austin proper, we didn't own that house. We rented it. That we had natural gas coming from the street and water coming from the street. Oh, okay. But yeah. that was a city, you, yeah. you know. Yeah. But I, I guarantee you, where you grew up, John, you didn't. I, I would be shocked if you had, um, anything but electric. Uh, from what I recall, they would run it, but they would charge you a huge amount of money mm. if you wanted to get it from a. Run run gas. what. Pro, oh, natural gas yeah okay to your house yeah right yeah, i think they eventually got enough people to get together where where they did install gas lines got it but yeah no we had oil oil heat <clears throat> right i think right. we even had the same thing with cable for a while is that they're like well we're not going to run cable to your place because you live in the sticks and it's like no oh, thanks or not yeah 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 no it's it, that's that's how it works i mean i've told the story on the show about uh how we got an isdn line at our house in in buda which is a town just outside of austin but you know we were on we were on three acres there and i think we had a smaller plot of land uh, you know we had horses at home and, and things like that and it took months to get this isdn line they 
the way it worked, they because of the way the the government provisioning or their the G, I think it was GTE served the area, the rural areas outside of or around Austin, and we had a different company that served Austin itself. And GTE's deal was they had to provide all of you know this list of services, and ISDN lines were one of them. But no one in my switch had ever ordered one. So I called up and ordered one the day we put, you know, we got the offer accepted on the house. I'm like, hey, can we do ISDN? They're like, yep. I'm like, what's the cost? They're like, uh, you know, it's a whatever, $45 a month. I'm like, is there a contract? They're like, nope. I'm like, great. What's the installation time? They're like, well, we have a 60-day window to install it. That's the, the deal. I'm like, okay, fine. So, you know, we, we closed on the house maybe 45 days later. You know, I'm calling them. Are we still good? You know, what, this is the appointment day you gave me. We still good? They're like, yep, yep. Day of the appointment, I'm home. I took the day off of work. They call me up and uh, they're like, yeah, so this is the day that our the local switch office got the order for it. They're like, we don't have this here. Like we are we are not equipped for ISDN here. But yeah. you're right. Like you, you, you ordered it and you're it. That is your right. And we've ordered the gear, but they didn't tell us until today that we needed to have this. It's like, OK, so how long is that going to take? They're like, it's uh, probably another, you know, whatever week or 10 days. It wasn't terribly long. It's like, yeah. OK, well, let me know and then we'll do it. And the, the guy's like, yeah. And so, you know, they came out 10 days later, whatever it was. And the guy was telling me how they had ordered $70,000 worth of equipment to put ISDN at the head end or switch or, you know, central office, whatever, you know, whatever the name of it was. And uh, and then, um, you know, we had to I, I it, ISDN goes over a copper pair and we had one copper pair coming to the house and we needed to run a line that had two. And it just so happened that the pole that that was coming from was across the street from my house. So we had to all kind of go out and they had to cut down the old line and then run the new one. So we all went out and and like the speed limit in front of my house was like 50 miles an hour. We were on this rural road. So we had to go out and make sure that there was nobody, you know, that we were going to drop this cable on right. when they cut it. Right. Yeah, so we're all out there. It was fine. And we see this truck coming up the wrong side of the road going slow with the guy with his arm out the window. And... uh I'm like, what the heck is this? So we wait and the guy comes up and I asked him, I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh yeah, I'm here with Time Warner. Now you have to remember, this is 1998. He says, I'm, I'm here with Time Warner. And he says, uh, we're putting in, there was a development like, you know, half a mile down the street from my house. He's like, we're, we're putting in cable in that development and I'm here measuring to see how many houses there are per mile or whatever between our head end and that development to see if it makes sense to put cable in digital cable in here, which was brand new at the time. And I said, that would mean roadrunner, the cable modem service too. Right. He's like, yeah. I'm like, well, it's like, are there enough? He's like, the decision's not up to me. I'm like, yeah, but you do this, you know, better than anybody today. Yeah. He's like, yeah, they're definitely going to do it. And the, the faces on the ISDN guys, there were four of them out there installing this line <laughs> with no contract. We're like, oh. well, do you still want us to run the line? And I'm like, yep, I'm going to use it for as long as I have Until to. Until cable gets here. Until <laughs> Hill Roadrunner gets here for, you know, 10 times the speed for yeah. the same price or whatever. So it was great. We went from having satellite dish, which was our only option. We had, yeah. uh, I don't know whether it was DirecTV or dish. I can't remember. We had satellite dish, phone, electric, and then ISDN, which was also phone, run to the house for a little while. And then cable came in. I don't know. I think it was, that was August that we... 
that we moved in and had the ISDN line installed. And I think by October, we were on a cable. (laughs) (laughs) Had that ISDN line for two months. (laughs) So anyway. Same thing's about to happen here. They're running fiber to my neighborhood. They ran it to mine. We're on a fiber connection right now. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. No, it's, oh man, it's the way to go. It's so good. All right. We have more stuff to talk about. Questions, tips, cool stuff found. The next thing I would love to do, if it's uh, if it's all right by you, Mr. Braun, is talk about our next couple of sponsors. Sounds great. All right. Well, as you know, I'm about to head out on a long road trip for me. Eleven days. I'll be in Austin for South by Southwest and L.A. for Podcast Movement Evolutions, and I'm looking forward to it. But there's a few things that I'm going to miss. My family, of course, is one of them. Another one is my Helix mattress. I have been sleeping so well for the last year here at home on my Helix mattress. It's fantastic. And you can do it too. Helixsleep.com slash MGG has this quiz that takes just two minutes to complete and matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. Everybody's unique and Helix knows this, right? So they have several different mattress models to choose from, soft, medium, firm, Mattresses that are great for cooling you down if you sleep hot and even a Helix Plus mattress for plus size folks. So Lisa and I took the quiz and the quiz can be taken by one person or two people. It's it's like totally built to do that. We were matched with the Midnight Mattress because we wanted something that's kind of, you know, they say that's their most popular mattress, I think, on the website. It's medium. I sleep on my side, as does as does Lisa. It's fantastic. It, like we got it about a year ago, maybe a little more, and it it changed how comfortable we were when we slept. It changed our quality of sleep. It's really great. So if you're looking for a mattress, go take the quiz, order the mattress that you're matched to. Also, Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash MGG. Go to helixsleep.com slash MGG, take the quiz, and you're on your way. Thanks to Helix Sleep for sponsoring this episode. I know a lot of you out there are Apple admins, and I know that you know that the more you let your users control which apps are installed on their devices, the better your life is. And our sponsor, Kanji, K-A-N-D-J-I, their self-service app lets you do just that on both iOS and macOS. It shows users your curated list of apps that they can then install on their own. You get to customize that self-service app with your own branding, your own help text, your own software categories, and then apps installed uh, in the auto app catalog can also be set to deliver via self-service. And once installed, they're kept patched automatically Most MDM solutions give you the tools to help you manually achieve general security compliance. But with Kanji, the scripts, controls, and settings needed to achieve that compliance have already been built and are organized into these easy-to-use templates. And that's because Kanji's been focused on device autonomy through automated remediation since they first started. If an app is uninstalled or a setting has changed, the Kanji agent detects it and fixes it, saving you time and stress. And Kanji wants to hear from you. They want to know what you want to do, and then they want to work with you to make it happen. Go to Kanji, K-A-N-D-J-I dot I-O slash M-G-G, Kanji dot I-O slash M-G-G for a free demo or trial. You're going to want to check it out. Kanji.io slash MGG. And our thanks to Kanji for sponsoring this episode. All right, guys. I have, We have a bunch of questions that I wanted to get through. But we a, a conversation came up pre-show that I, I thought would be good to spend two minutes on here. And that was glasses. We, we the three of us here wear glasses. 
John was talking about getting some anti-glare coating or something. And uh, and Pete and I were talking about our favorite sources for glasses uh, because your local eye doctor is probably charging you about three times what you would pay for this is not a sponsor read by the way this is just us sharing life advice yeah. uh yeah i know it, it follows on a sponsor yeah. read so i just wanted to make sure there was there was a distinction there we always like to be very upfront about those things and this is this is very much us sharing with you but um i've been buying glasses i and thankfully i only need glasses when driving or like watching movies or whatever um but uh but i need them uh and so I I have been buying glasses from Zenny Optical for years. They make great glasses. I for what I need, I, you know, even with like all the bells and whistles with the anti glare and they they even have an anti fog glasses, which makes sense, you know, for wearing mask and stuff. Uh, I, I I pay like I don't know, it's like less than fifty bucks a pair of glasses, and mm. yeah, it's crazy. So uh, you know, I I usually order glasses once every I'll say. Probably every two years or something, I already like two pairs of glasses and, and get them and they're, they're fantastic. And it's, you know, literally, you know, my eye doctor was charging me like 150 bucks a pair or something like that or more. So I, I wanted to share that with Pete. You use a, another service. I yeah? do. I use, I buy direct E Y E B Y direct. There's a link in the show notes at Great. MacGeekGab.com. Cool. Slash show notes. Um, and uh, the link. In no, there, at MacGeekGab.com. Just go to MacGeekGab.com. The oh, slash show notes link. That's only for us. It, no, yeah. it's for the well, live during, show. During the live show. It yeah, changes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you go to MacGeekGab.com, it's in the show notes for nine nineteen. Okay. Yep. That's what I meant. Yeah, it's fine. Um, I was seeing if you'd catch that, Dave. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I, so. I probably normally wouldn't, but yeah. I'm super sensitive to all the URLs because I was just migrating them the other right. night. Oh, there you go. Right. So. <laughs> Um, and the link that's in there will get you ten dollars off. The other thing, though, is be when you're if you decide to go to iBuyDirect, go to Google and look for some coupon codes because I know I saved a bunch of money using a coupon code. And uh, but same thing, I normally my deck was you know four hundred and fifty dollars or more for these glasses that I wear. If you're looking on the on the live stream, you'll note that they're anti glare. But they're the progressive, uh, no line bifocal. They're the transitions. They get dark outside, frameless, and they're, they're really expensive glasses. But I kind of need my eyes for work, so I, I, yeah. I, it's a I thing. pamper myself with my glasses. Yeah. I go high end on all that, mm-hmm. and it was it was probably half price what I would pay yeah. my ophthalmologist, who who recently went out of business and gave me the. And here's your last prescription. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. So. Yeah, yeah. I recently got progressives because as you get yeah. old. The thing is, I I kept having to do this. What's right? this? Right. Just tell people well, since most raising people are my glasses and looking down to read mm. stuff that was up close. Right. Whereas, yeah, the progressives eliminate the need for solve that. that problem. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I've had great. We and everybody in my house uses Zenny, and and the coupon thing holds true. I would I would shop both. My my the the best part for me is because they're super inexpensive. I can buy glasses to wear on stage, like sunglasses or tinted glasses of, of varying shades and, and degrees. And, you know, I'll, I'll spend 30 bucks on on right. glass, fun glasses with, you know, like I have rainbow glasses and like crazy different glasses that I wear on stage. And it's great because they can have my prescription in them. So I get to see the audience clearer, nice. <laughs> which is good. Yeah, nice. yeah. Right. It, it's it actually works out really well. Um, and it, it keeps it, you know, keeps it fun and, and all that good stuff. So. Yavel. Anyway, all right. Ken has a question that hopefully we can provide some help with as well. Ken says, 
On my Mac Mini, he's running a 2014 Mac Mini. This issue, it doesn't matter what Mac you're running. I've seen this on all of them. He says, uh, my Mac has a problem where I can't run apps from the dock. I can't empty the trash from the dock. Nothing responds. The dock appears, but I can't click on anything. Uh, he says, I can I can go to Spotlight and type the name of the app and use things. It's just the dock that's holding back. He says, once I did a command tab, which made the running app shrink on the screen, but then I couldn't click on anything. Uh, looks like a dock issue. He says, maybe a finder issue, but I don't know how to fix it. He says, I restarted my Mac and that solved it. Yeah. Uh, the dock sometimes, this just happened to me on my M1 Air, but again, it doesn't really matter, uh, the other night. And uh, I... I, what I do, I certainly could restart, but instead I go to the terminal and I type kill all doc, uh, that kill all is one word, all lowercase doc is one word with a capital D and then it just kills the doc and restarts the process and boom, that's it. The kill all command from the terminal, by the way, is, uh, a way of killing processes by name instead of by process number. So I do kill all space, the name of the process with this. It happens to be just doc. So it's super simple to remember. And um, and it, it, it solves that problem. I, I, it doesn't happen to me often, but it does happen. So uh, kill all doc. That's it. Have you guys ever seen that? Fortunately, no. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. but, uh, yeah. I don't know. That's awesome. They, uh, yeah, I just, I just. Type Easy fix. Man, kill all. It's, you know, yeah, kill all is a, a handy command. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, you know, I, I, it, it is a relatively new one for me. I think I found out about it certainly within the last five years. It might even be the last three. And it was from one yeah. of you. You sent in, it might have even been this, you know, a couple of years ago, somebody might have sent in something about kill all doc, but it was kill all something. And I'm like, well, what, 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 what magic is this? I, I know not yeah. of this. And uh, sure enough, there was. I seem to remember doing that, for, you know, shelling in from my phone or something and exactly you know, killing something. And, yeah. But I do did it with the process ID, not the, you know, you had to know the ID. Not the, I didn't know you could do the name. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I've always done it with the process ID. But the first thing you have to do is like PS dash space, you know, space yeah. dash AX and get the list of the processes with the IDs and like, okay, yeah, tie yeah. it all. So I'll put that command in there too, PSAX, because that's another just handy one to... To know about. Probably get that from the activity monitor as well. You can also get the process ID from the activity yeah. monitor, but if you're on your phone, you may yeah. not. Like, if, right. it, depending on how locked up your Mac is, you may or may not be yeah. able to launch gotcha. activity monitor. So, yeah. Just memorize them. You'll be fine. No, they change every time, Pete. <laughs> every time you launch a process, the system assigns it a new ID. They do, they do not stay the same. <laughs> okay, well, when you start up, go in, memorize them for that session. Sure. <laughs> That's great. That's going to be super handy. Yeah. yeah, that's a good good use of brain cells. All right. That's, that's a good way to waste brain cells. All right. I got a better way. Oh, no, that's not. That's another that's show. Different, that's a different show. That's right. That's, that's the musicians that I have that's over right. here. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. The band's not quite ready to come in yet. We've still got a little more time. All right. Anything on that, John, before we jump to the next one? All right. Sandra says, uh, I had a weird thing happen and was wondering if you had any idea what's going on. I was at a restaurant uh, recently where the bill that was handed to me contained a QR code and the total price before tip. Uh, the idea is that you're supposed to use your iPhone camera, your phone's camera, scan the code then click the button that comes up and say, pay your bill now. However, when I used my iPhone 12 Pro to do so, the phone transferred to a blank Safari page that said something to the effect of Safari can't verify this site. Both of my companions iPhones, an iPhone 13 mini and an iPhone 11, if that matters, I don't think it does, 
uh, read the code and got a button that said pay your bill now. That's a nice way of getting your friends to pay the bill. There you go. Yep. Mm-hmm. And when they clicked on it, they were taken to a web page where they could add a tip and pay the bill. When we returned home, I decided to try reading the code again, and I got the pay your bill now button. Any idea what was going on with my phone? I looked in settings and didn't see anything that might have caused it. Uh, if, if any of you have a guess, I'm happy to, to let you guess. I'm pretty sure I know what's going on, but mine's a guess, too, as often it is. Anyone? Ooh, ooh, ooh. She was using Safari? Well, oh, no. yes. <laughs> but I don't think that was the issue. Oh, okay. Well, it, in a sense, though, it Maybe. might be, yeah. it, but not specifically Safari. It, I think it was iCloud pl- Private Relay. Okay. This is a, a thing that I've seen, especially with secure sites. Uh, it's not supposed to happen. It's not how iCloud Private Relay is built. But you are proxying through another, you know, another server when iCloud Private Relay is running, and that can cause trouble right it, it, it's not supposed to but it can uh then why you, did her friends pay aren't they going through the same iCloud? Private I, relay? I, not necessarily okay. even if they have okay. iCloud private relay turned on which they may not uh they're still like they might be going through a different server that's not being gotcha. you know that's not having any trouble if you go to settings iCloud uh which means tapping on your name and then private relay beta you can turn that setting off uh, on on iOS 15. And if that doesn't do it, there are two other places that you can look. I, I, I think for what Sandra was seeing, it is iCloud Private Relay and not the subset of it, which is the limit IP address tracking. But that is something you can turn off both for cellular and for Wi-Fi. So you go to settings, cellular, you choose your plan and then limit IP address tracking. That's you turn that off. And essentially the same thing on Wi-Fi. You go to Wi-Fi, settings, Wi-Fi. All right, you go to settings, Wi-Fi, and then hit the little I next to your network, the little info button I, and then there will be an option there for limit IP address tracking. That is per Wi-Fi network. You can try turning that off. Generally, the limit tracking doesn't impact the loading of sites like Sandra saw, but it certainly, depending on if Apple classifies the entire website as a tracker, it could. Uh, so, you know, those would be the places that I would look to solve that, but it sounds like the problem was solved. Your friends paid for lunch. So yeah, that's a win. There you go. You need to take a screenshot of that and show them that every time. <laughs> I like Oops, it. Sorry. Can't sorry. help you. I, I wish I could. This would be, yeah, I really want to pay a, a friend of mine. Uh, actually Scott Jordan, who, who runs Scotty vest was posting the other day. He saw one of these same things and his complaint about it. It worked for him, but he couldn't split the bill. It, there was no option to split the bill with that, you know, thing. And I mean, it, you know, it's like there, there's always something. But uh, it was an interesting observation that it's like, ah, oh, right. You can't yeah. can't do it that way. But you can always use like Venmo or whatever to, right. you know. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. I, Go ahead. Yeah. I had something similar. Um, I'm sure it's not uh, in this case, but it could be. Sure. Uh, a lot of places offer free Wi-Fi. Um, here's something funny that I found and I actually uh, told the people at my local uh, grocery store because um, they have free, free Wi-Fi. You know, a lot of people offer it, but they were also using a filtering product. I think it was from Cisco because what I tried to do. So I also played the lottery um, on my phone. I was connected to their Wi-Fi and I tried to go to the um, uh, Connecticut lottery site to, to look something up. And it's like, nope, not going to let you. Sure. I'm like, 
dude, you sell lottery tickets. So why are you filtering out my going to, um, and I think it, the, the, the classification was gambling. And apparently I guess they didn't want you to connect to gambling sites, but it's right. like, but you sell lottery tickets. Right, right, right. I, I honestly, I think you might be right, John. I, yeah. I like, I think there's a, a better than even chance that, you know, Sandra's phone was connected to the local yet crappy Wi-Fi at the restaurant and her friend's phones were just connected to cellular. And so Sandra yeah. had a, you know, they didn't have trouble connecting. I mean, I've, I think we've all seen that where, sure. you know, you connect to whatever, you know, store Wi-Fi here for free dot com or whatever. And you, you're, you know, that's it. Like you can't get any data. <laughs> so that may have been it. Yeah. 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 I mean, they filtered other stuff, which makes sense. Like adult sites. I mean, Sure. You know, okay, that, but sure. Couldn't Come get on. to any of those either, John. That's right. <laughs> John was testing. Just testing. He, he's just testing. Research. Oh, I was. For the show. Research. Yeah. That's right. For the show. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's all tax deductible, too. That's right. Does that make your lottery tickets tax deductible now that you, you talked about them on the show and, and yeah. worked that in? Nicely. As a right. piece of valuable advice. Give it a shot. So. What could go wrong? What could go wrong? <laughs> yeah. I, that would be amazing. Gambling losses. Yeah, it would be gambling. I mean, actually, you don't even need to. That doesn't even need to be on your Schedule C, right? I'm not an accountant. Please don't follow me for accounting advice. Barely. We play one on the show. It's barely (laughs) good for you to follow me for tech advice, folks. (laughs) Medical advice, accounting advice. You know, I make it up as I go, just like I do the tech stuff. But uh, now, now, if you're in legalized gambling, otherwise known as the stock market, you can write off your um, uh, margin interest. Of course, right? Yeah, yeah, but you, you're right. You can write off gambling losses. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. You have that's to take the gains. Legit. Yep. That's legit. Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. And most, I mean, legalized like your lottery is legalized gambling, and and if you have, you know, casinos that are open under the law, that would also be legalized gambling. Yep. So yep. not just the stock market. Yeah. Stock market's more like poker. Right. Right. Well, I mean, you like you have some information about potentially have some information about why things might go one way or another. It's not entirely left up to chance. So, yeah, that doesn't mean you're going to be right. Just means you have information that could mislead you or lead you. And you're always going to pay the VIG. So you're always paying the VIG. Always paying the vigorous. Vigorous. Right. That's where that word comes from. Yeah, Vigorous. Vigorous. That's it. Vigorous. Vigorous. Yeah, I just learned that the other day on the Always Sunny podcast. I never knew that Vig was short for vigorish. Vigorish, yeah. I don't know what vigorish means. That's the ten percent fee you pay to a bookie. Well, I know what it is. Yeah, well, that's that's what it means. I, but I, mean, I, I don't know. I don't know why. Like, let's what's get the? A, let's get another circular conversation. Here, I don't know what we? the etymology of the word vigorish yeah, is. I don't know. Yeah. I can work on that. You okay. Move on yeah. to something <laughs> okay. productive. <laughs> We're going to answer Julie's question. Pete is going to do the important work of figuring out why the word is vigorish. All right. Uh, you want to take us to Julie, John? Yeah. So Julie, our friend Julie, haven't seen her for a while, um, um, says, I have a 2020 MacBook Pro that is still running Catalina uh, 10.15.7. I remember hesitating to move from Catalina to Big Sur for some reason, maybe GarageBand, but I'd like to bring it up to date to Monterey since I've forgotten what my objections were to upgrading. Maybe it was 64-bit apps. Do you know what might have prompted me to delay? I feel I'm about to get caught, so here's where you cut me off. Um, and I can understand your hesitation, Julie. Um, 
Other than restriction on 32-bit apps, changing the features of the built-in apps, uh, not to our liking, and changing the way the kernel extensions are implemented, if for no other reason, Apple typically drops support, security updates, and whatnot, uh, once an OS is about three years old. Um, I found this little ditty that confirms this, and it was an article at a, a educational or uh, campus, and they pretty much say the same thing. They're like, we're not going to support this operating system uh, moving forward, so please upgrade. Yeah. So, so that's what I got to say. So I, I would suggest that, yes, you do upgrade. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would agree with that. I upgraded. All of my Macs are now on uh, Monterey or whatever their most, you know, the most up-to-date OS they can be is. The Studio Mac, as I've mentioned, the one here in the podcast studio, is uh, the one I update the slowest. But, um, you know, all the all the drivers were there for all my hardware and, and such. And it was a, I, I talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but it was a non-issue. Yeah. So I, I think unless you have a very specific reason not to upgrade, and and certainly you might, you know, if you've got some special hardware or even special software that you know is not compatible with, uh, you know, a newer OS, then I would say, yeah, I agree. I, I agree with John. I think you're right there. Yeah. You're all yeah, up I mean, to date, right, John? suggestion would be to get a virtualization product and copy that uh, for for apps that may not survive the upgrade. You may want to consider that. Parallels or whatever product. yeah i guess that's right if she's on a an intel macbook pro that would be an option if she's on an m1 that's not an option <laughs> right i don't think you can even virtualize mac os on an m1 but and maybe i'm wrong about that oh, I, interesting yeah. right yeah. I, I you certainly can't virtualize intel windows uh, or even emulate an intel and run windows on an m1 at least not as of the last time I checked. I don't know about Mac OS though. So that would be the, the question there. So, yeah. Do you know, John, uh, uh, whether M1, maybe somebody in the chat room at live.macgeekhub.com will tell us before the, before the show ends. So it's such a different world than it was 15 years ago though. I mean, when, when, Mac went to Intel. Yes. It opened up the world to all the Windows users, hence me. That's why I was able to switch. And and it's now true. Mac is so widely accepted and used that it's becoming less of an issue. Obviously, yeah. there are specific apps. That sure, of course. From, yeah. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Pete, did you find anything out about uh, our important I found thing? the word. It's, it's Yiddish slang. Okay. From the Russian Vigirish. Okay. Which is winnings. And VYV is out. And then uh, from the Indo-European roots of Igrat, to play. Okay. So, so it's Vigirish. The, the winnings and play. Got so, it. Yeah. Interesting. So you learn, okay, so it, does that so, count as one of the five things? I think, I, right. oh, it does, definitely. It's a big. I mean, I, like I said, I learned that the word is vigorous yeah. on the Always Sunny podcast, which is like three guys talking and, well, perhaps not dissimilar to us. Super irreverent, yeah. like way more irreverent than us. I, I think Rob McElhenney. Hey, I can bring it. <laughs> yeah, no, we can all bring it. We just usually don't. Okay. Rob McElhenney's answer to that question when the other guys asked, "Where does that come from?" 
he said, now he, he grew up in the streets of Philadelphia. He's like, that's some goomba word. Yeah. Like, well, that doesn't re- so actually that's not correct yeah. because I think it's Yiddish. It's yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, interesting, interesting, vigorous. All right. Well, at least now we know there you go. this is what we do here. But John can do math. So that surprised me. He plays the lottery. Yeah. Because right. What's the lottery attack on people who can't do math? That is, if we're going to be irreverent about yeah, things. There you go. And John, I, I, I guess maybe I can't do math. No, I play the lottery too. Do you really? <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, every now and then. Especially, yeah, yeah, yeah. But not unless it's about 300 million or more. It's just not worth my okay. dollar for the, okay. for 250 million. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the good news is in the, uh, in the chat here, Mark Withers asks, is that the red vigorish or the right. black vigorish? So. Yes. Yes. yes, it is. Yeah. Well, you know, that would no, make. No, it's not. <laughs> that would make a fantastic show title. Yeah. Although without context, I fear someone might read that mm-hmm. and, and think the worst. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, there's that. There is that. But I, I was I, thinking how not to waste brain cells. But, you know, that's a much better. <laughs> that's a much better show title. See, see, <sighs> I think it's pretty obvious that we are in the outro of the show by now. And wasting brain cells. <laughs> and wasting brain cells. Yes, that's right. <sighs> At the risk of actually getting an answer to this question, do either of you have anything more to add? <laughs> I got nothing. All right. John, any more thoughts on any of this before we get out of here? John, still here? He's nodding, right. no. Yep. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Not we're, louder, John. We are an audio show. <laughs> Just because we can see each other, we're still an audio show. Yeah. All right. How not to waste brain cells, folks. Well, I think we've given you some examples of how to fill your brain cells with valuable things and perhaps some ways of perhaps hurting them, but maybe not too many ways of hurting them. We don't like to hurt anybody. No. It's, never the, it's never the goal. Uh, we like to help. That's what we do. Feedback at MacGeekUp.com. That's where you can send in your quips, your, your quicks, your questions, and your quill stuff found. Sure. I don't know. I, easy for me to say. Uh, but that is where you get your, uh, that's where you contact us. Feedback at MacGeekUp.com. John, did you say feedback at MacGeekUp.com? Mm-hmm. That's how it is. That's how it be. Huh? All right, folks, make sure to check out our sponsors at MacGeekUp.com slash sponsors. Check out the new site at MacGeekUp.com and let us know what you think. Let us know uh, if you see any issues with it. It is very much, it was funny, I was talking to Lucas, my son, uh, who is a, a fantastic programmer. Actually, I think he's better than me already. Uh, before, Right before I was getting together with Adam the other night to sort of take what the work that I say we had done, mostly Adam had done, and make it the live site. And there was a lot to do to transition things. And Lucas said, well, good luck. He's like, I know you have a lot to do. I hope that you're able to get it done. And I said, you don't understand. This is getting done. Adam and I both have some travel coming up. The time limit on my contract with the uh, new owners of Mac Observer is effectively going to expire right about it when I get back from my my travels. So it was like, you know, it's going to happen. I said, what we are doing tonight is defining what MVP is, minimum viable product. And and that will be what we roll. I said, there are some features I would love to have in MVP, but I don't know if I'm going to get my way or not. <laughs> and we worked from about, uh, from my time, about 10.30 p.m. to, he, Adam and I worked until about 2 or 2.30 a.m. 
And then I was up for another 90 minutes or so kind of doing what I'll call some finished carpentry, if you will. But so we it is very much minimum viable product. And uh, just like this camera that I'm using that seems to want to go out of focus on me all day today. I don't know why that's happening, but uh, it is. Yeah, it's, it's MVP. I believe everything works, but not only are we going to be adding different features and sections to the site, we're also going to be enhancing the functionality. So if there's something that you see there, let us know. Feedback at MacGeekGab.com. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, like I said, check out our sponsors. There's a link on the on the sh- on the page to where you can see our sponsors, and then there's also the sponsors that we mentioned in this episode. Of course, barebones.com, helixsleep.com/mgg, kanji.io/mgg, and newrelic.com/mgg. All in the show notes at macgeekup.com/episode/919. It's a formula. Now. Amazing. As long as we don't screw it up. All right. Well, let's see. We gave the advice. Don't screw it up. We gave the advice uh, how not to kill your brain cells. And John, you got us into this. What is the Pete? What's the something else? Brain cells. Don't screw it up. Yeah. Don't get caught. Oh, look at that. The music started. I got caught. I hit the wrong button. (laughs) It's how it seems to be. I blame my brain cells. I blame you guys. Fifth Monday of the week. Fifth Monday of the week. That's how it seems to be. 